Hello everyone and welcome to the 43rd episode of the Connectivity Podcast. I'm Matthias Fridström and I've spent the last 25 years inside the connectivity community. In this pod we invite guests to deep dive into one or many subjects to simply learn more about connectivity. And in this 43rd episode I'm extremely happy to have Marina Otero as my guest here in the podcast. So welcome, Marina, to this podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, Marina, for, for the people that doesn't know you, could you just give us a short view of who you are? Yes, of course. I'm Marina Otero. I'm an architect, originally from Spain, but I've been living abroad for a long time. And I've been uh, looking into the digital infrastructures that made the world today and their impact in communities and ecosystems. And that took me to look into automated architectures and more recently into the architecture of data centers. All right. So you're trained as an architect and you ended up in the connectivity world in data centers. You know, how, how did that happen? Yes. So I, for almost nine years, I was um, director of research at the new institute in Rotterdam. It's a national institution for architecture design and digital culture in the Netherlands. And uh, obviously I was in charge of looking for projects that will set the agendas for the profession of these disciplines, but also for the policies of the Netherlands in regards to architecture, design and digital culture. So um, I was interested, as I said, in different phenomena happening as the automation Uh, taking over in different businesses and spaces in the Netherlands. And that took me to look into certain infrastructures that made that transformations possible. And that's how I started looking into data centers. And at the beginning was not the most usual or common space for architects to be. Um, But I think that has changed over the years and actually has become one of the most uh, exciting places of, uh, for architects to intervene and to um, I- imagine what uh, these infrastructures could become. All right. So, so if you would sort of explain the research you do around data center, what, what's your focused areas around data centers? Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I've been in generally looking into how these architectures that generally are not designed necessarily for humans are conceived. So the primary scale of the data centers are machines, uh, either server racks or all the systems of batteries and uh, support systems that make the system possible. So I was interested in how these spaces are conceived, um, but also how they can be more connected to the environments where they are, and how they could, you know, be more in synchrony with other programs in the city. So I got a grant from uh, Harvard to visit data centers around the world to look for the most interesting designs in terms of ecological and social uh, questions. 
And I'm interested in understanding, yeah, how data centers can serve larger purposes than themselves, can how their energy they emanate um, could be reused, how they can, uh, you know, support other programs in the city, uh, contribute in certain ways to their neighborhoods, etc. So, yeah, that's somehow what I'm looking for. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we must mention that I, I saw that you won the Wheelwright Prize from Harvard in 2022, which is fantastic. It's, it's really, really cool. Uh, and I saw that your, your thesis was, you know, the architectures to host the metaverse. How did you come up with that? You know, why did you choose that subject? Yes, I will. You know, there is so much talk about the metaverse and also before was the smart cities, the Internet of Things, the metaverse, and obviously now... Uh, AI. And although these developments are extremely interesting, are fascinating, and they can bring so much to, you know, society, to the world, they also have implications on many ways, no? Like, I mean, I'm not going to enter even in the ethical questions connected to them, but even to the point of their the needs they have in terms of energy, water, resources that are needed for building up them. So uh, to me, it was interesting to see if we are almost at capacity in terms of data storage and processing. There are many different uh, reports, for instance, some of them by Garner saying that we are reaching a zone of potential insufficiency in which we are producing more data than what we can actually process or store. And you can imagine with these developments like the artificial intelligences getting more and more powerful and the metaverse, if that will happen, that will stretch this, um, the limits even more. So in a way, it was a statement, but it was a question like, what are these architectures to host the metaverse? How can we actually host these developments, make them possible in a sustainable way without you know, putting our planet at danger? All right. Ah, oh, that's super interesting. How how do you feel the colocation world is is taking it that you come from the architectural world? Really, you know, are they welcoming you, or do they see you as a threat? Or, or? <laughs> oh no, no, they are, everyone is so welcoming. Actually, I'm extremely grateful to everyone who has opened the doors uh, to me to their facilities, and they have. Uh, provide me with so much information. So I found only uh, openness, generosity, and uh, a lot of knowledge that they have shared. And I think they were also curious to understand what the position of an architect might be. And in many cases, they found it relevant to think about the future of these uh, infrastructures. I remember at the beginning of the research when I was discussing with the uh, director of the uh, data center association in the Netherlands, that we, I was asking, what do you think the role of an architect could be uh, for the design of data centers? And they were, uh, he was like, oh, maybe to design the facade. And mm -hmm. obviously that's an aspect of it, a kind of more aesthetic aspect uh, of the job. But I think more and more it's evident that the skills that we have as architects and planners can bring other knowledge to the design of data centers that maybe are not so much the expertise of other uh, 
other professionals who are generally associated with them. For instance, questions about environmental concerns in a larger scale or programmatic hybridizations with other uses in the city, etc. Those are things that have been explored more and more by architects, both in the schools of architectures, but also in uh, big architectural offices and that are developing new models. All right. Uh, that sounds really good that they, they see you as a friend. That's, that's really good. I, I believe you're somewhere into this. You know, you got some money to travel around to look at data centers. Where have you gone since since that happened? Yes. Um, so I've been, first trip was to Sweden, actually, mm-hmm. and north. Um, I went to Boden, Luleå, and also to Scott, Stockholm and Falun, so different cities. Uh, I was totally impressed by the way in which data centers in the region are having such an important uh, consideration in relation to the energy um, consumption. So how to consume less energy and also how to use the um, uh, excess of heat Mm -hmm. uh, that comes out of the servers to do other uh, activities, to supply energy for other activities such as, you know, greenhouses, or uh, drying wood for uh, um, biomass, or um, growing worms to feed chickens. So (laughs) all type of things, but I was really impressed. I also went to Iceland and I was interested in the use of geothermic energy, uh, geothermal energy in uh, also the data center industry. Mm. Then I went to Chile and in Chile I've been several times actually because uh, Chile is becoming a data center hub, uh, having different cables landing in their territory, and because of the, you know, uh, accessibility to resources like lithium and uh, other type of infrastructures that the country provides, there are big data centers that are establishing themselves in Chile. But there is um, a caveat: is that the country is also facing drought. So there is a tension between the water consumption of data centers and the drought that is affecting uh, the territory. So I'm also collaborating with uh, the government, universities and some communities in understanding what type of other models for uh, water usage can be implemented in data centers to create a better coexistence with uh, these environments. And um, I visited also Australia recently. I was there in August and last month I was in uh, California visiting also a a floating data center and having conversations with people from the industry. All right. Uh, When you visit these locations around the world, do you feel that they they talk to each other and and learn from each other or do you feel that they're all inventing the wheel themselves where they are? Ah, that's a great question. Uh, I I think there are certain, um, you know, regions that everyone knows each other. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, probably across Europe, many people working in data centers know of each other. So when I go to one place, they know, ah, you have been visiting already this person, I know this other. So there's a lot of communication and I have uh, the feeling that they are very much in conversation around new technologies, new developments, debates around the industry, etc. In other locations like Australia that are, you know, a bit more farther from uh, Europe, let's say, I noticed that many people 
that's the research. So they go, uh, as I'm doing, they visit very different data centers around the world. They try to get the best of the uh, different solutions implemented in these data centers, and then they try to build up a state-of-the-art facility. So I think in general, everyone is quite uh, eager to learn from new developments and share information and trying to be aware of you know, what's out there. Although I want to say that the kind of conversations and also the needs in different places are different. So I noticed how in Europe, uh, and especially in Sweden and the Nordic countries, questions around energy are very advanced, much more than in other countries. That's not the case, for instance, in places like Australia, the debate uh, is not there yet around the energy consumption of data centers, although it's coming. The concerns in data center industry is more connected to security. So most of the you know, efforts of data centers are targeted towards security solutions in different levels and resiliency. So in case a big catastrophic event happens, this data center will operate nonstop. So that, so in each place, and in Chile and Morocco, Spain, other places, uh, like these other climates, um, the conversations are uh, focused on water, for instance, water usage. So I think as that's, you know, you can see differences in approaches, but a lot of conversation and knowledge being shared across borders. All right, now that sounds good. Uh, you're, you're. I think you are in a, on a, on an assignment to travel around the world to look at this. Sort of, what will this lead to? Will it lead to a report from you, or what's the outcome of all this? You know, is that built into the research you're doing, or? Well, yes. First of all, I, I do something that I call uh, public research in the sense that I don't try to just finish everything and have all the arguments fixed for it to be shared publicly. So I, I, I share the research as I go. So in every location I visit, I try to connect and work together with local researchers, people who has been looking into these questions before, and also establish a debate. So generally I always, in every place, uh, place I am visiting, I try to have a public conversation in which I share the research I have conducted so far, and I put on the table the questions I have noticed in my visit to this place. And has been extremely rewarding and helpful to, to share notes and to keep the conversation going. So uh, along the way, there's a lot of debate and also a lot of public conversation. I think it's very important that everyone knows uh, the importance of digital infrastructures, but also what they take, no? the, the impact they have. And so we are able to design them even better. And at the same time, I write text, I write essays, I do small uh, interventions in, in museums, for instance. I'm about to open a piece in uh, Tabacalera that I developed. Tabacalera is a cultural uh, center in the north of Spain, in the Basque country. And I've been collaborating with um, the Donostia Physics Center, who hosts two supercomputers. And we have been looking into the, yeah, the energy that these computers take to make simulations of the universe. And so I'm developing a piece that is very much inspired by the research I saw developed in RISE 
in the laboratories in Sweden that are doing um, prototypes for new data centers. So these are kind of different, different projects being shaped. And uh, finally, the idea will be to do a manual, an open source manual for data center design, where I will bring all these, you know, most uh, interesting eco-social uh, solutions for the conception and design of data centers. And not only, you know, very technical oriented, but also in the, their relation to other species and to their neighbors. And so having into consideration the role of data centers in a larger scale and within society. So yeah, that's probably what happened at the end of my traveling. That will be this manual and I hope also a documentary. All right, that, that sounds great. Uh, you mentioned that you, you meet a lot of people and you meet the public and you meet a lot of people outside of the data center world. Do you feel there is a, I wouldn't say a lot of protesters or, or people who are very much against this, but I guess you meet people who are afraid of data centers, afraid of stuff disturbing their environment that they've had for years and years, you know. How's, what's your view there, you know? What, what is the feeling around these locations? Are data centers a welcome thing or are data centers a threat? Well, um, I think for years they were very much welcomed mm. um, because it was bringing progress, bringing uh, new developments, new industries that you know, were the future. But um, because... Um, the impact they have, the data centers in terms of water, energy consumption, um, heat and CO2 emissions, there have been growing the voices that are concerned about having a data center nearby. So we have seen protests in the Netherlands who actually, you know, paralyzed one, uh, the implementation of uh, big data centers by Meta. And actually, the government to step in, we have seen the government stepped in also in uh, places like Dublin. Uh, we have seen Singapore, not because of protests so much, but, but the realization that the way in which the industry was growing in relation to the resources available in the island, it was a mismatch. So the they have to develop new models, and that led to a lot of innovation. And we are seeing places like uh, Chile having also this type of protest against data centers operated by Google or Meta. So the concerns are there because it is true that there are huge infrastructures that are serving our digital lives but they consume, they consume a lot. So many people is worried about this consumption. And for instance, in a situation of drought, how do we, how do we decide? Do we have water for neighbors, for our, you know, the mm -hmm. citizens? So we have water to operate very important digital, you know, operations that are key for the functioning of society. So both seem relevant, but I guess there is ways that we make them align in certain ways. So I, I think there is more and more the acknowledgement of the cloud is not just a floating entity that is, uh, you know, ephemeral and doesn't touch the ground, but the cloud is very much connected to the ground and to the resources, and we have to find good ways of making it uh, sustainable. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, when you visit these places, you know, I guess uh, each one of them is very dependent on connectivity because the data center that's not, not connected to anything is, is pretty useless. And I, I know, for instance, the one in Chile is, as you mentioned, that's where some new submarine cables will come in. So that will be a hub for these things. How much do people talk about connectivity when it comes to the data centers or do people just focus on building the most efficient data center and then connectivity have to solve itself or do you, do you even see that question being on the table when you visit these places? I think, uh, maybe I'm wrong, you, you are much more an expert, <laughs> <laughs> but I think at, until a few years ago, that was the key, like most of the data centers were located nearby c- cable landing points or with a good access to to these cables. And as you say, this is the case of Chile. Mm, there are a few cables landing in Valparaíso. And Valparaíso is just an hour from Chile. So, so sorry, from Santiago. Mm-hmm. So that's where most of the data centers are. And you can see that in uh, Marseille, for instance, it's a data center hub because of the num- number of cables uh, arriving to uh, that region and allows for serving also to the entire uh, African continent. So there are like very important networks and nodes of connectivity. But I've also seen that there are other locations that are equally important and are not necessarily connected to these uh, cable landing points. So connectivity is indeed a key, but sometimes energy consumption, tax benefits, climate uh, is also key. So many data centers are located in places where land is available. There is a good tax incentives by the government and the climate is a bit you know, favorable to the operations. Let's say that is not a very hot climate, like for instance, in the north of Sweden, the climate is very uh, favorable because it requires less energy to get to the temperature where in which data centers operate at this capacity. So I think it, it's a combination of factors that make that a location is a prime location for data centers. Not, I mean, connectivity is key, but obviously the question of energy costs, accessibility to water and, and land is also key. So I think there is a combination of both in regards to centers the places where data centers congregate. Yeah, all right, that's good. Um, when you're doing your travels, you know, do you have any more places to visit? Do you have any dream places to visit? You know, where where, where would the next trip go? So yeah, I was thinking about it because in my the itinerary I proposed, I still wanted to go to Singapore, and um, precisely because of what the government has implemented in the last year, these new models for data centers. I also wanted to go to China because um, different provinces have announced the construction of underwater data centers uh, as part of their five-year plan. So I thought it was interesting to see this type of infrastructure being developed at at scale. And also I wanted to go to uh, Lagos to understand also the industry, how it is evolving in the last years, because as I said, many data centers operating for the African continent were located in Marseille, um, but more and more different countries uh, in the region are establishing more data centers in the cities. So I wanted to go to all these places, but at the same time, 
I also want to strengthen the commitment I have with the places I have visited because I already established connections and I would like to be part of certain conversations that are happening. For instance, in Chile, I'm going to go back because we are doing this negotiation table between the communities affected by the operation of data centers, the data center representatives and the government. And I think that type of processes are extremely interesting and I, I would like to be part of them and incentivate them. So uh, it might happen that I prioritize uh, going back to places that I already visited, but I want to create a stronger connection. That's also the case of Sweden. I was totally fascinated by what I saw when I was visiting uh, different data centers and research centers, uh, creating new prototypes for data storage. And it's a location I would like to go back again and continue the conversation. So. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I'm deciding it, but I think for sure, I think I, I will go to Singapore. Uh, that's uh, a must. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I hope I can make it happen next year. All right. Oh, that's good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. In the next episode, we will continue to talk to Marina Otero. So stay tuned until next time. Please also remember the X-Handle connectivity pod for updates.